Yet another edition of the Tony G Show set to get going. I'm Tony G. Will McCormick is across to my left. Hi, Will. How's it going, Tony? You know, you and I are kind of bumming today. I know. It's a bad golf day. Ah, bad golf day. School's getting to us a little bit. It's draining. That's right. We're going to turn around with a good show, though. Yes, we are. Should we take a vacation after the show? Yeah, I'll go to, like, Swamico or something. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I was thinking he was going to say something extravagant. A Maui. Uh, mm-hmm. Not Malibu. Swamico. No, he goes, Swamico. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. You're begging on Swamico for. It's a... Speaking of Swamico, we were uh, just there the other Oh, night. yeah, we were. Yep. Maybe that's why I'm thinking of that. Will and I, a couple of friends, went out to dinner on Friday night. It's fun. Good pizza place. Good pizza. Don't know the name. I don't off the top of my head. Oh, Rustique. Rustique, sure. Free advertising. No, no free. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You can bleep that out. It was really... This isn't a review show, but I mean, the dining area was a little bit cramped. It was busy. Even if it wasn't, though, I mean, like, it's just cramped in that little spot, right? It was also raining, though, so I feel like people normally sit outside. That's probably true. Kind of forced inside. But... If Anyways, I could, if I were a professional critiquer, mm-hmm. I would critique there. I feel like, well, okay. Anyways, got to give a birthday shout out to a friend of the show, former SNC baseball player Peyton Jack. Happy birthday, Peyton! <laughs> All right, <laughs> <It's real. laughs> Will's input is minimal on the birthday shout out to Peyton Jack. I said happy birthday. So let's do an, a formal golf update since we only have one more left after today. Yeah. Uh, Not a great day. No. Bad. In fact, a <laughs> couple of stolen ball, golf balls on the in the rough, like usual. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, Will and I played one hole. <laughs> we did. See, here's the thing, Tony G Nation. We had a struggle this morning. It was kind of cramped. Mm-hmm. Course was a little more busy than usual. Way more busy than usual. So Will and I said, let's just start by going to hole four. Because we never play past four. We don't because we have class. So we, you know, we get there, golf what we can, have fun, then leave. Today, we're like, let's start at hole four, see if we can work that way. Well, by the time we get out there, mm-hmm. Grandpa's there taking his sweet time on hole four. <laughs> Can't fault him. I mean, it's his Yeah, yeah. It's his Tuesday morning, too. We're fine. We're kind of, I mean, we're skipping holes, so. But, uh, and, you know, and it is to, to be expected. But yeah. it's like, of course, we, the slowest golfer on the course. Here we also, are. we don't really have tee times because our class is just kind of like, the way it works, everyone just kind of shows up, and it's just exactly the, the club or the the course lets us just kind of play. So it's not like we have like a designated time. We it's a little different. So I mean, you know, you you get there and you you golf at your own pace. Well, we only got the one hole in, and we didn't <laughs> do very well at it. We had a decent drive, at least. We did. We did have a decent drive. Like some good air. On wasn't it. bad. But we did really well putting today. We did. We had a two putt. A two putt. Each That's of us. Probably the best i've ever done probably well at least in the class that we've done yeah it was really good i I was impressed with us we made uh, it's because we competed we made a little competition we did we're starting we don't know how we're going to go about it thursday yet last time we're going to be able to go golf and give a golf update we'll compete will we though i mean like we can we'll we'll play like a um like whoever wins the hole gets a point okay instead of like going by strokes because if we go by strokes i'm losing for sure what does the winner get uh the rights to the show (laughs) <laughs> wow high stakes golfing match on thursday stay tuned for the final golf update on the season on thursday as for this show got a couple interesting segments to talk about some sports we don't usually cover and it's not that we don't have interest or anything like that it's just that they don't usually work their way into the tony g show headline wise 
But I do have to talk college football at the top of the show today. Mm-hmm. That is something that I'm going to lay into the Wisconsin Badger football team a little bit. A team that a lot of people thought would be competitive, better than what they are. Quarterback play better than what was... Or quarterback, I should put it, quarterback play that's a little worse than what people expected. I'm going to lay into the Wisconsin Badgers a bit for segment number one. Segment number two, we're going to segue to UFC in a sport we don't usually cover. Because there's been one MMA artist that has just found his way into headlines year after year. And it looks like it's finally starting to take a nab at him career-wise. Like his career is starting to wind down, not necessarily in performance, because he's not someone who goes and fights as often anymore. Mm-hmm. A little bit older, plus these headlines get in the way. But he's someone who's going to start retracting himself out of the public eye and hurting his legacy. It's taken a bite out of his legacy, what's going on with his with his life. And then, of course, to end the show, recapping the Tony G picks of the week. It was over 500 again this week. There we go. So we're headed on the right track. What do you say we get going with this episode, Will? Sounds good. Season 7, Episode 7, Sevens All Around. Will McCormick, Tony G, this is the Tony G Show. You're listening to the Tony G Show, now in its seventh season. Subscribe to the show now on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Follow the show on Twitter at Willis5312 and at Tony G Nation. Also on Instagram at Tony G Ordana. Now, along with Will McCormick, here's the host, Tony G. Very briefly, before we get into today's show, forgot to mention this in the introduction. Next Thursday, not this Thursday, like two days from now Thursday, but next Thursday, that will be October 7th, a Thursday that we usually have shows on. Uh, October 7th, there will be no Tony G show. Will and I will take that one off. St. Norbert College is giving a little fall break. Will's heading mm-hmm. home. I'll be heading home Wednesday night, Wednesday uh, afternoon, so... Recharge the batteries a little bit. And it's well needed. Yeah. Very well needed. So we will not be having a Tony G show that Thursday. We'll take that off and return the week prior. That'll be Tuesday the 12th. So we look forward to seeing you then. Also, Tony G show interviews is just popping off the charts Mm -hmm. right now. Yes, sir. The final edition of the September series. Ben Cole was a huge hit. A lot of people enjoyed that one. Will and I conducted the interview of Luca Kenyon uh, just last week, late last mm-hmm. week. That'll be released on Wednesday tomorrow. I think I'm just going to do all Tony G shows are going to release on Wednesdays. Tuesday, the interviews, regular shows, and right in the middle of Wednesday is uh, Tony G show interviews. So tomorrow is when Luca Kenyon's interview will be released. We really had a great time interviewing Yeah, her. it was fun. She did great. That was a good conversation. And we've known her for years and years. Not that we haven't known Ben Cole. We've, I've known Ben Cole since my first day at, at school. He's a former baseball player. I'm a former baseball player. So... Uh, it's just a little diff- different of a conversation with Luca because it was a little bit more interactive. I mean, it, it, we really had fun doing it. I hope you enjoy that Luca Kenyon interview. The October series of the Tony G Show interviews got two candidates slotted in already, verbally committed, and working in scheduling and, and getting everything set for that. So we have October series officially. Also have verbal commitments for November series. So, I mean... It's exciting. It's an exciting time to be mm-hmm. a part of Tony G Nation, and we thank you for being part of it. Spent enough time chit-chatting about this or that. Let's get into segment number one, the headliner of the Tony G Show today. The ruling on the 2021 Wisconsin Badgers football team is it. You ready for this, Will? Mm-hmm. They're bad. Yeah. Simple. I got nothing to say. 41 well, you got a lot to say. I do got a lot to say. This is actually a really packed 
uh, segment. 41-13 loss in Chicago to Notre Dame over the weekend. Part of the Shamrock Series. Why are they calling it the Shamrock Series anyways? Why did they get the right-of-way, Notre Dame? Who came up with that one? Yeah. How about the Badger Series? How about something like that? Shamrock? Whatever. I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't like it either. It's too bad. It seems like the wheels just kind of fell off the bus. They were competing against Notre Dame. The Badgers were heavily favored coming into this game. And I didn't get why from the onset. Because it's not a good football team. They aren't. And I kind of saw that in their loss against Penn State. Obvious signs. Even in the early parts of week number two uh, against that Michigan team. Eastern Michigan. Something like that. I don't know. A couple no names. Came into Wisconsin. Got trounced. But point being... There's signs out of Wisconsin and their football team coming into this game that show that they're bad. And they were on full display, especially in that late third quarter, fourth quarter part of the game uh, just last weekend. Here's my overall ruling on the Badgers. And this is kind of a mix of last season paired with this season as well. Remember, they had the shortened season, only played about five games because of COVID. Their defense is good. Strong, physical, handsy cornerbacks. They were on display over the weekend. And they've always been like that. They've always had a good couple, a good core of defensive starters that carry their defense to be as prominent as they are. One of the better defenses. We're going to look into a couple more statistics comparing offense and defense with the Badgers uh, in a couple minutes. Badgers defense, like I said, I like the physicality on defense, especially this year. Like I said, every year, though, they're that kind of team that has one guy who can get drafted in a middle round, one guy who can get drafted in a later round, and then a couple more guys who could get signed to professional teams as undrafted free agents. I mean, they're always a good, solid, and strong defensive team. Mm-hmm. Always. And like I said, full display on uh, just last weekend against Notre Dame. The part that I want to highlight is the handsy cornerbacks, the physical cornerbacks. They were referees, all the credit to them, they were letting them play for the most part of the game in uh, Wisconsin, Notre Dame. But it's still eye-opening to me to highlight this portion of the team because they are not known for it. They're known for stuffing up the run. They're known for the front seven. The secondary doesn't get much love, man. It doesn't really. But this is a team that, as uh, the season's going to progress, I think they're only going to get better in terms of their defensive physicality. Mm -hmm. And that's scary because they're already good. Not perfect special teams. Never really have had that. No. But, I mean, they'll... They're, it's good enough. It's all right. They'll compete. Yeah. Offense is really the sore thumb of the team. Which is an anomaly. It is uncommon compared to past years. And it is an anomaly in all in all senses of the word. Because the offense has not... Ever since Graham Mertz took over this team, starting last year, it's kind of been on this downward trajectory. Mm-hmm. Ever since Jack Cohn left, by the way, went to Notre Dame, played well yeah. against the Badgers, got the win. For the Fighting Irish. I think ever since Graham Mertz took over, it's been a little bit overwhelming for him. You can just see it. He doesn't look like a confident quarterback. He doesn't look somebody who's going to lead a Badgers team to a conference championship. It just feels like he hasn't had a chance to like settle in yet. It, that too. I mean, everything's been kind of up in the air around him. Yeah. Do you have further elaboration? You want no, I just, I, would, I just feel like he, lo- he plays like he's not... I just like relaxed in his position. Not that he should be like totally chillaxed with his job, but like. But I get what you're saying. I feel like he's playing with an unsettled disposition. 
That's very scholarly of you. It's <laughs> <laughs> very, wow, in depth. I feel like this is a psychological set. I'll right? see you later. <laughs> <laughs> but I think there is something to be said about how uncomfortable he looks mm-hmm. under center. He just doesn't look good. He doesn't look in flow. He doesn't look like he has rhythm. And it's really, he's, rhythm. he's not a good yeah. decision maker at all. There's like no rhythm, no nothing. Not to mention that these play calls this year, especially in this game, were just bland and uncreative. I have a couple examples that I'm going to give throughout the course of this argument, and I'm going to bring up one now. Third quarter, third and eight. Incomplete pass behind the line of scrimmage. Yeah. I mean, what are we doing? Right. And that makes you wonder if it's play calling or if that's just the uh, the progression isn't quite there. Because, I mean, he is a sophomore. Right. So that's there's well, a big difference between senior level play and sophomore level play. Granted, if they're really good players, sometimes you don't notice that. Most times you don't. Yeah. But maybe he just needs a little bit more uh, development in terms of uh, like reading defenses. I I don't know. I'm trying to play no devil's chemistry. advocate here, but yeah, there's just no chemistry anywhere. I mean, with the play calls, with the offense, with the talent that's out there. Grimerich just doesn't look good. He looks way in over his head. Mm -hmm. And one particular portion, actually this is two portions of the offense that I'm really going to highlight, and this is where I tie in the defense again, to show how bad the offense is, but to show how good the defense is. Bad offense, good defense. You ready for this, Will? Third down conversion rate. Here's what it is on offense for the Wisconsin Badgers. They're converting 28% of their third downs on offense. That's 13 of 48. That is really bad. That is 126th out of 130 in the FBS. Whoa. That is a bottom five offense in terms of red zone uh, conversion rates. Third down. Third down, excuse me. Red zone's coming up soon. Third down conversion rates. That's really bad. That's terrible. That's getting your offense off the field way too fast. Yes. That's, yeah. And then on the other side, third down conversion rate on defense is one of the best in the nation. Opponents have converted just 10 out of 40 third down opportunities. Mm. And now, granted, there was a lot of teams on this FBS list who had like 50-some or 60-some third down. This is just 10 out of 40, so it's a smaller sample size. But it's still impressive, no less. This is the sixth best defense in terms of third down conversion rate on defense in the FBS. And then again, I want to tie in this red zone. I misspoke earlier because I wanted to tie in red zone as well. The Badgers, 127th in the FBS in red zone efficiency. Wow. I mean, this is a bottom five offense. This isn't just like a bad offense who can't find its way. This is like a bottom five offense in the nation. So this makes me like beg to ask the question, do you see that them, do you see the possibility of them turning it around? Because no. if Because if the offense can fix their problems, if they're fixable, they could be super competitive. Or is it beyond repair at this point? I don't think it's beyond repair. I mean, of course, there's still a chance, but I don't foresee it happening because there's a lot of growth to be done in this team. Maybe maybe they see that they have two losses now. They're not going to make a run at anything too big. You know, they're not in the top 25 anymore. They're not going to be a competitive team in terms of rankings moving forward. And I think they might see that. So maybe they'll open themselves up to take a little more chances, mm-hmm. put on the field a little more, give Grammarch the chance to get his feet underneath him. But I don't think that'll happen because it's more than just that you know grammar it's it's just a flunky offense i mean there's there's no fluidity anywhere the offensive line isn't getting good uh, a push they aren't too physical they aren't overpowering defensive lines wide receivers aren't getting enough separation running backs aren't getting enough holes to blast through and grammar looks bad 
all around, this is just a bad offense. There's no sign of improvement going forward because this is more than just a quick fix that you can do in practice the week heading into a game. This is a we need to rebuild a little bit. We need mm-hmm. to revamp our offense. And this is it's just not something that's going to happen in season. I mean, to be fair, there's not much worse they can do. <laughs> you know? Oh, no. 126th in third down conversion and 127th in red zone efficiency. Like, sure, they could do worse, but... It's probably likely they'll improve a little bit. Yeah. So it makes you wonder, like, how much further that that potential improvement will take them if their defense continues to play at this level. But maybe that's probably not going to be good enough. It probably won't be. This is a very competitive conference. Mm-hmm. Year after year, the Big Ten is just, I mean, it is a place. One of the where, best. It is. It's one of the best in the nation. Mm-hmm. Wisconsin's got a lot of work to do. I want to continue. How bad this offense is under Graham Mertz. What I see from Graham Mertz is hesitation, is inconsistency, is inaccuracy. And I want to highlight and stress hesitation. It's a big... The minute this happened in the game, first half, third and short, it was a design pass to a wide receiver on a comeback or an out route. Uh, something that the Packers run very frequently with Devontae yeah. Adams. So the, the, the wide receiver cut to his right, the right side of the field, towards the sideline, and he was open. Graham Mertz, all he has to do, he doesn't even have to set his feet. Just loft it in that direction. There'll be enough time because there's separation with the route for the wide receiver to make a play and you have a first down. Third and short. Wide open. The minute it happened, the minute it happened, Joe Klatt did a great job analyzing in this whole game, but especially on this play. The minute it happened, I said, throw the ball. It was obvious. He was right there. Graham Mertz was looking right at him. Like right at him. Mm Mm-hmm. And he didn't throw, didn't throw, didn't throw. And by the time he had thrown, the secondary had closed in on the wide receiver. The cornerback was right on him. Not to mention the wide receiver at this point with the way the route was taking him was behind the first down marker. So even if he would have caught it, it wouldn't have been a first down because Graham Mertz hesitated. Can't happen. Not to mention the ball handling is bad from Graham Mertz as well. I mean, the guy can't even hand off right. right. Can't take a snap right. I I don't want this to turn into... Completely bat- blasting him and say he'll never be good. It's a lot. It's what a lot of people are doing with Justin Fields right now in the mm-hmm. NFL, or Zach Wilson, or Trevor Lawrence. These rookie quarterbacks are having a tough time in the NFL. Yeah, it's been rough. So I don't want this to turn into that same thing with Grammers because he's a young kid. He's not mm-hmm. supposed to be perfect right now. He's not going to come in and be, you know, Trevor Lawrence in college. He's not going to come in and be the Tim Tebow legacy quarterback in in, in college football at quarterbacking. So I'm not expecting that from him. But the, the, the things within his game that are preventing him from being a good quarterback and that are preventing the Wisconsin Badgers offense to be a good offense, that are preventing the Wisconsin Badgers offense to be good in the red zone, that is ultimately preventing the Wisconsin Badgers to be a good football team, all starts with Graham Mertz. And they're all fixable problems. All of them. Mm-hmm. Hand the ball off, dude. Don't hesitate. Just that, let it fly. He that, doesn't have confidence in himself. Right, and that's what I'm saying. Like, If these problems are fixable... Do you see them like, I really, I mean, there's potential that they improve even a little bit, which might help push them to be a little more competitive. Because if their defense continues at this level and they fix these easy things, it can't be that hard to be that much more competitive. See, but I think, I want to argue that it's more easy to fix in theory. Well, it's definitely, I mean, talk is cheap. Right. But what I'm proposing here is that, the game just looks too fast for Graham Mertz right now. Mm. He needs to get this full season under his belt. And not like last year where it was like five games and there was nobody in the crowd. He needs right. a college atmosphere. He needs to acclimate himself to that. It's a to- he, hasn't experienced, he has to grow into this quarterback. He hasn't experienced a, 
legit game yet. I mean, they, they've well, played right. Well, coming. yeah, I, but, but I mean, like this prior year. to the season, he hasn't ex- had the the proper experience. He definitely played real games, but the atmosphere is astronomically different. Oh, absolutely. Last like, year and this year, and it's like the Mitchell Trubisky thing. Yeah, Where, not in college, but when he got to the NFL, it just looked too too fast for him. He didn't mm-hmm. look ready for it. He didn't look like he was well acclimated to analogy. the culture yet. It, it, it thanks thanks well. Yeah. I don't want to blow my own horn here, but it is kind of in an identical situation because Mitch Trubisky didn't get the most snaps in college at North Carolina. Came into Chicago and everyone expected him to be the man and he almost, you know, didn't say it, but he almost looked like he wanted to say just let me get a year under my belt. Let me get mm-hmm. my feet underneath me. Let me understand the, right. the defenses, the speed of the game and then let me grow into it. It seems like he it was just too big for him. And that's where you kind of hope like even I know this isn't a Justin Fields discussion, but you hope that it's the same thing. story doesn't continue. Yep. A lot of people expecting break that cycle. A lot of people expecting Justin Fields to come in and be the guy. Yeah. And the speed of the game is different, man. A lot of people expected Urban Meyer to be paired with Trevor Lawrence in Jacksonville. Now this Indeed. team is going to compete. And it's right. tough for even Urban Meyer. Right. He was quoted saying that it's like playing Alabama every week. Yeah. And that's not a direct quote. I didn't read that off anywhere. I can't give us no, a source on that. But, but it's it's just a different speed oh, it's, at different levels. I and mean, it, it's it hits you hard. Masters of the craft. Like they yes. spend almost every moment of their life dedicated to the game. And you know, to that exact point, Will, and this is kind of off topic, but it's right in with what we're talking about, that playing Alabama every week is like the NFL because Alabama takes that same pride to it. Right. Just last night, Monday Night Football, Eagles-Cowboys, one of my right picks and Tony G's picks of the week. You're a little bit, though. Nick Saban was a guest on the Peyton and Eli portion of their broadcast. And Nick Saban, it's like 10 o'clock at night, and Nick Saban is in his office watching film, doing work for the next game coming up. Mm -hmm. And he... On Sunday afternoon until Sunday night, he was in office working. I mean, he just works relentlessly. So it's, it's a different speed. It's just a different speed. Different competitive level, different mm-hmm. ability level. And to relate it back to Graham Hurts, he just doesn't look ready for it. He's experiencing that at the collegiate level right now. Yes. And that's, yeah. Yep. He was the man in high school. He was the guy that, he, it was that stereotypical handsome man. All the girls wanted him. All the guys wanted to be him. That stereotypical yep. quarterback. And then he comes to college, and much is expected the same of him. This is going to be a little bit e- Maybe he wasn't saying it's going to be easy, but was overlooking right. the fact that it was going to be a little more difficult. It's going to be kind of the defining moment in his career is if he can it is. move and learn past it. Because that, if you can prove that resilience in college, then you have, you know, you have the ability to do it at the professional level too. I love, I love that point, Will. This is a defining moment in his career. Because yeah. there's two directions he goes from here. When he comes back next year, he's either going to solidify himself as the starter yep. and a captain in this team and start to use a little more confidence and less hesitation and start to have more decisiveness and start to win some ball games for the Badgers, convert mm-hmm. in the red zone, convert on third downs, or he completely shrinks yeah. and lets this get to him and comes back next year and it's much of the same thing. Right. This is a defining moment in Graham career. Yeah. He's either going to fall and completely lose his stock for whatever hopes he has in playing football down the road. Or he's going to stand up and show that show the world that he's here to play. A lot of, I mean, I'm not taking away from the fact that other players don't experience adversity throughout their career because that would be totally false. But 
Right. Not many college quarterbacks have to deal with something like this and bounce back from it. A lot don't. Absolutely. A lot don't bounce back from it, and a lot of the ones that make it to the NFL never really experience true like bad season. You know, I mean, everyone has a bad season from now now in time, right. but like yeah, yeah. this is bad, bad. You know, like like almost to the point where people are debating if it's fixable or not. Right. Like exactly. Most that have a bad couple seasons like that, they're late picks, if not undrafted free agents. <laughs> At this rate, Graham Mertz is talking himself right out of the NFL. Right. I mean, right out. But at the same time, looking long-term, if he can fix it, that's something that, you know, that's an adversity that so that, that all quarterbacks will face, face to a level, but this is pretty this is pretty high up for Graham Mertz. It's a pretty high hurdle, hurdle to jump. It is. And so we'll see if he can do it the rest of this season or the rest of his career. Interesting, interesting stuff. I Again, you pull up, and Tony G does his homework. Mm-hmm. You pull up some of these numbers. Oh, my goodness. I mean, it was it was baffling to me. I knew they were bad. But like they're, like I said, they're a bottom five offense in the FBS, in the entire nation right now. So we'll see if that changes moving forward. Wisconsin Badgers... Uh, moving ahead with their schedule. Again, just lost to Notre Dame. They're 1-2 and two now. Saturday, this Saturday, the 2nd, the Badgers host Michigan, ranked 14 at home in Wisconsin. So that's going to be a tough game. Ah, Michigan, I don't put a lot of faith in Michigan because of years past, but maybe maybe we can get a little bit of a help from our friend Matt Swanson, mm-hmm. our draft expert. <laughs> Who uh, knows Michigan football very well? Maybe yeah, and that, in that Notre Dame game, he had 18 completions on 41 attempts, mm-hmm. completion percentage of 43.9 percent. That's just bad. One touchdown, four picks. Mm-hmm. That's a rough game. I mean, it's ex- equivalent to what Trevor Lawrence is doing. Right That's now, a QBR of 17.6. <laughs> I don't mean to laugh, but that's a rough humorous. day in the office. That's very rough. Mm-hmm. So hey, we'll see if he can. His Penn, Penn State game was uh, twelve a QBR of twelve point eight. So oh my gosh, it was it was worse than the seventeen. Yeah, jeez, that's, that's rough. rough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Eastern Michigan, of course, that was a better one. Um, that was their only win so far. Michigan, right now, if I had to pick, Michigan's going to come into Wisconsin and get a win. Penn State did it. Yeah. Granted, they're ranked four right now, but Michigan is also better than the Wisconsin Badgers. He head to Illinois. This is a team that's beaten you before. You have Army at home. That'll be an interesting game. Fun one. <laughs> yeah, Purdue, Iowa. Iowa's going to be tough. Iowa's ranked number five right now. Rutgers, yeah. Northwestern, Nebraska, and then of course Minnesota. Kind of a pivotal moment in the in the season for the Badgers. Yeah, it's, this is a really. I mean, it really is. This is the point where the Badgers look themselves in the mirror and decide who they are, who they want to be, and where they want to be. And it all depends on the play of Graham Mertz. Doesn't depend on the play of the defense. They're good. They're holding their line. doesn't depend on the play of the special teams because special teams aren't that big of an impact in the game. I mean, granted, they are. They can win games and lose games. But they aren't on the field every possession in terms of an offense or a defense would be. So, it's a little different. So, it's not defense. It's not special teams. It's offense. And it all starts with Graham Mertz. all starts with this quarterback. Everybody thought that when Jack Cohn left, and this is Graham Mertz's team, you remember the hashtag Heisman with the five for an S for Graham Mertz? Mm-hmm. Jumping the gun a little bit. Yeah, talk about Just jumping the gun. a little bit. Whew. We'll see how uh, Graham Mertz responds to not just this loss, but now people are starting to criticize him. Mm-hmm. And granted, of course, this is a college atmosphere. He's a kid. Right. 
who is now going to get criticized. He's technically uh, he's younger than us. Not kind of crazy. Why'd you have to do that to me, Will? <laughs> Make you feel old. Bryce Harper. When his contract's up, I'm going to be 35 years old. That's crazy. <laughs> First one of season seven. <laughs> but it'll be interesting to see how Graham Mertz responds to the criticism that he has now. I mean, everything, there's a first time for everything, and there's always going to be a first time for struggles. And he's getting a lot of them out of the way now. Yeah. So he can learn how to deal with them and move on. So we'll see how quick he is at adapting and moving on at the level that he finds himself at in this Wisconsin Badgers offense. I think we've said all we've needed to say about the Badgers and their Mm -hmm. football team and blasting them and Graham Mertz enough. These are things that Graham Mertz will grow out of and he will improve out of. And these are things that offenses will will work around and eventually find ways to win ball games. But I think enough has been said. Badgers going to win maybe six, seven, probably eight games this year. Maybe even not that. I'm Maybe six games. Tough schedule coming up. We'll see how the Badgers respond to games like this. Pivoting from one sport we don't talk about enough to another sport we don't talk to enough. The UFC and one of their legendary performers, one of their legendary fighters and someone who's had a very huge impact on the sport, has a lot of weight to his name and a lot of respect around it in the past, in the uh, in the octagon. Mm-hmm. John Jones has not been able to handle his popularity and his fame at the level that most athletes can. This has completely gotten to John Jones. And now it's not something where all of a sudden he gets fame and his life's changed forever. And now, Because he, he's been one of the better fighters in the UFC for the length of his career. And he hasn't been in uh, the octagon a whole, for a long time. But the amount of fame and power and money that he has now has obviously carried some weight to him. Because time and time again, he finds a way to wind up in trouble. Mm-hmm. Came out not too long ago. The UFC star John Jones was arrested on a misdemeanor domestic violence charge in Las Vegas. Comes out today, just earlier today, that John Jones allegedly pulled a woman's hair and headbutted a police car last week in Las Vegas. So that's what it was. Headbutted a police car. Headbutted a police car. Not to mention he pulled a woman's hair. If this is, this not is a guy a who's look. had problems of domestic violence, guy who has had problems mm-hmm. with drugs, specifically cocaine. This is a guy yep. who has not been able to keep himself out of the spotlight. He in this negative spotlight, and it's completely tarnished his legacy. Yeah, he had a DUI in 2012. Yep, felony hit and run in 2015, and then in 2019, an incident with a waitress at a gentleman's club. So, just a rough track record for him. It, and it's just getting worse. Yeah, the guy cannot control himself. Can't help himself. No. And what a shame it is. Yeah, because he really is one of the has been one of the better fighters ever. Yeah. I mean, he's up there with the Chuck Liddells, and I mean, like he is John Bones Jones. It makes you wonder what could have been. See, it's weird though, because it has been. I know, it, it but it wasn't what could have been. John Jones has made his legacy, but he's only tarnished it himself. That's what I'm saying. Like, I don't really consider him to be. Uh, I don't know. I don't really think about his boxing achievements when you bring up the name John Jones or fighting, which again is one of those. I don't know. I always focus on the negatives. I don't know why I do that, but think of his, 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 you know, charges. Well, when the negatives are like this, they're pretty bad. How do you not? Especially, focus on it? yeah, it's, it's pretty. Yeah, that's not right. It's not. John Jones 
has completely tarnished his legacy. So where, where does he go from here? I mean, you can't repair something like this. I, I don't mean, think he's fighting anymore. The thing is, he's been in trouble so many times for so many for such a wide array of crimes that he's had opportunities to pick his life up. Now, granted, it's not. It's again, it's one of those things. It's easier in theory than it isn't actually doing it and committing yourself to betterment. But John Jones has completely lost control of himself. Completely. I mean, there is no way to repair this now. John Jones will forever be the guy who was stuck on cocaine, who had DUIs, who had domestic violence assaults around him. He will always be the guy that couldn't control himself. And it's a shame because he was, really, he was one of the better fighters in the UFC, in the history of the UFC. What a shame his career has turned out to be. Yeah, and there's a quote by uh, Dana White, the chairman for UFC via... MMA junkies says it's hard to bring this guy to Vegas for any reason. The city's not good for John Jones, and we're here, and we're here again. It's not even shocking anymore. We bring him here; it's almost expected. Mm. Can't even get him into Vegas for less than twelve hours to induct him into the Hall of Fame. It's a problem. This guy's got a lot of demons, man. A lot of demons. I can't think of a way to put it better myself. That's I can't think of a way to put it better myself for less than twelve hours. In Vegas, and there's problems. I mean, to induct him in a Hall of Fame. Yeah. Not just so he can fight, not so he can go to a press conference, not even for a vacation. To induct him in the Hall of Fame, and John Jones can't control himself. It makes sense in City for a reason, but I think it's more John Jones. Probably. Right. I mean, it's an interesting. UFC is an interesting sport. I, you make, I wonder if this is a symptom of the sport itself. It kind of brings out those kind of people with just, I mean, it's a brutal sport. It is. Like it's be a hard to person to yeah participate in it. A lot of basis. violent individuals just being locked in a cage. I mean, that's the yeah. whole premise of it. The whole sport is literally. I mean, literally beat the other person until like they can no longer fight. Like yeah, yeah. it's it's a brutal brutal sport. Like mm-hmm. I have a hard time even watching it. It's hard. It does get pretty gruesome from time like watching that McGregor injury. Like mm-hmm. I understand that that's like that's horrible. Like that's literally. I, it just takes a different kind of mentality, and it makes you wonder, like, Whoa. there's there's numerous cases, I can't think of exact names of people, but a couple of documentaries I've watched about people that just, these UFC fighters, they just lose it, man. I think where you're going with this is where you were going with this was you said, you wonder if that plays a role in them not being able to control themselves outside of the sport. Yeah, I mean, I... Because you get them out of the octagon, you get them out of the cage, and now there's no more constraints to make them a uniform part of society where they aren't stepping out of line where they aren't having getting arrested and having these sorts of assaults well, it's just like they just brought against them they're just they fight lose control they fight their problems in the ring man they 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 fight you know and that's that i that's the sort of mentality you and i will never understand or any of our listeners unless they fight in the ufc but man that is a brutal sport and it just makes you wonder like i, I mean it'll be i it's not a common thing with a lot of these fighters but it certainly happened to a few in the past i can't th- well, I'm, all I'm really kind of mad i mean look at, yeah how about this for an example greg hardy yeah violent person who tried his career out in the violent sport of ufc after the violent sport of football and had domestic abuse reports swirling around him and this is a guy who also has his career tarnished by his by his actions right I think it's the great example that it takes that different type of breed that 
is a little more susceptible, a little more off the rails. Yeah. Has that tendency to just fly off the handles from I time guess it's kind of where That's I'm just going. The type of person that they are. That's kind of it's the kind of people the sport attracts. Yeah. Because that it, that's it's just brutally like damaging. It is. Like it it is. I don't even know how to put it into words. It's just it's a rough sport. I really I really don't watch it that often because it's just it's hard to watch. I don't know. I watch it when I can, except, you know, you got to pay for all the good stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Pay-per-views and stuff like that, or ESPN Plus subscriptions and stuff like that. i got a college payoff here, well. But I watch it when I can and, and pay attention to it and follow it. friend of the show, Sam Fonder, is huge into the UFC, and I'd love to get his thoughts on this, too. Because, you know, it's something that where John Jones, year after year, like I said, like this hasn't just been a one or two type thing. Mm-hmm. This has been an occurrence that happens... Every year. I mean, you turn the calendar over, 2022, and you're going to say, when is John Jones going to re- get arrested this year? Is it going to be May? Is it going to be summer? Is it going to be fall? Is it going to be in December? At some point, John Jones is going to fly off the handle. It happens every year. I remember the the rest, or the uh, UFC fighter I was thinking of. His, uh, his fight name was the War, uh, War Machine. The War Machine? War Machine. So look him up. We, like, would... Any listener that wants to read into it, look him up. There's a documentary on YouTube about him. It's brutal. I mean, it's it's stuff along the similar. I mean, domestic abuse. It's it's horrible. So it, it's, it's just rough. yeah. And you know, you can only to wrap up this conversation. You can only hope the best. Do you see him fighting? No, never again. You think he's done? I think I think he is actually officially done. He said that himself, but did he? Okay, okay. I think he said that a couple times. So, yeah, right. You know, it's one of those things where everybody it, athletes do that from time to time. But either way, I think, and I started this conversation by saying it. I think John Jones is starting to formulate himself and subtract himself from society in the figure that he is. Not much respect swirling around him or his legacy anymore, and that's that's a shame because he really was one of the better fighters in the history of the UFC. Tony G picks of the week. From <laughs> what a pivot that was from yeah yeah from low light to one of our happier better segments, uh, Tony G's picks of the week had a better week this week. Will had my worst week ever last week at one and four. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for the laugh, Will. My pain is your gain, and he followed it up with a better week this week. Three and two, I picked uh, the Thursday night game Panthers Texans. I said Panthers going to get the win, and they did twenty four nine. That was a pretty easy game. I could have told you that was going to happen. Sunday noon game. Bengals at Steelers. Well, this really gets on my nerves. This mm-hmm. chaps me because I didn't want to make this pick. I had blasted the Steelers on at least two different episodes this season. Yeah. And when I made this pick, I remember thinking the Bengals might win this game. But I thought Steelers at home, they're more, a little more battle tested. I think the Steelers are going to get the win. I said close game, 26-23. Got blasted twenty four to ten by the Bengals. Yeah, the Bengals seem to be. That was one that I could have had. Will. I know, I, I know. I I was fifty fifty on that one too. When you're explaining it, it's like the Steelers seem to be the safe choice, but the Bengals also could you know easily run away with it like they did. So yeah. Sunday afternoon, Buccaneers two and zero at Rams two and zero. This was going to be a good game. Yeah, everyone great knew it. game, and it turns out to be a great game. I picked the right game. Rams twenty nine twenty eight. They won by ten thirty four twenty four. Picked. Uh, Started Stafford this week. I'm glad I did. Yeah. He did yeah. really well. And I wouldn't have thought that against the Buccaneer defense, but I think the Rams are one of the better. They're solidifying their case. They're scary, man. Better teams. They are scary. The they are scary. Now that they have Stafford. Yeah. Stafford and Cup are just a, a duo to be reckoned with. Mm-hmm. That's a scary team. 
Sunday night, Packers 49ers. Game of the week, man. Great game. I picked 49ers. I'm glad you did. Because <laughs> if you picked the Packers, they would have lost. Yeah, that's true. So Every time, I tell you what, Tony G Nation blasts me because this is a predominantly Wisconsin market. Blast me every time I pick against the Packers. Oh, you shouldn't pick against the Packers. Why do you pick against the Packers? Don't pick against the Packers. But I just pick games how I feel like they're honestly going to be. Yeah. How they're honestly going to play out. I mean, to be and fair, yeah. Every time I play against the pack, pick against the Packers, they win. So I don't know what to tell you. It was kind of an anomaly. I mean, the offensive line played out of their minds for how inexperienced yes. they were. Defensive line too. Like crazy. Like there's no way you could have predicted that. No, there was no way. And especially coming down to the wire like it did 30-28, that last yeah. second field goal with Mason Crosby. That just proves football, it's anybody's day. Yeah. And you never know till it's over. And the 49ers played well, too. I mean, Jimmy, yeah. not at the start of the game. They got trounced on early. Mm-hmm. Jimmy Garoppolo stormed back in that game mm-hmm. with the 49ers and made it a very close game. Still a solid team. Yeah, still a very good team. 2-1, I, and one, I think, now on the season healthy, now. They're 2 healthy, they're 2-1. Yeah. Now that they're healthy, look out. That NFC West is very dangerous. Monday Night Football, Eagles-Dallas. This was never really a game. 41-21, Cowboys. I picked Cowboys 28-10. Yeah. Eagles got a lot of work to do. Yeah, they've had a lot. Jalen Hurts, is he did not play well last night. No. Dak Prescott did play well. And I said that. I said, coming home, looking fluid with Dak. This is a good Cowboy team. Don't underestimate them. They're going to get the win on Monday night, and they indeed did. 3-2 and two in Tony G's picks of the week. 6-9 and nine on the season overall. 77 and 55 in my career. At least you're not moving in the wrong direction. We're trending positive as Keep of this the, week. Uh, head above water. Yeah. Almost about to get my 100th win. That probably will not come this season. <laughs> we'll see. I advertise that. We better get it this way. season because otherwise we're. Might be swamped. We're, we're done. We might never see the Might never hit it. Again. You got to start getting on a streak here. I know. 5 0, 5 0, 5 0, 5. We might have to do Tony G's picks of the week next Tuesday as well. Yeah, we're going to have to. Because we don't have a Thursday show. I don't want to miss Tony G's Picks of the Week. So we'll, yeah. do, we'll, we'll do a recap and the picks. Yeah. It'll be a fun Tuesday That'll be show. a good segue right into the Tony G's. Yeah, we'll have a good time next Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Before then, though, a show on Thursday, another good show coming up. Season 7, Episode 8, then. This is Season 7, Episode 7. Tomorrow, Wednesday, another Tony G Show interview. Luca Kenyon will be released to the public. We had a very fun time talking to her. We have our October series already set verbally, working on scheduling conflicts right now so hey tony g shows cruising and grooving found a groove look out man yeah looking forward to the what do you we're the biggest sports talk podcast at st norbert college yeah not a big pot not a big school though so probably under the core four do you think <laughs> former show the core four for tony how are you guys doing man are you we haven't started yet we're going too soon okay so. snc radio is getting up and running again yep. soon so cool. be fun be a little weird to do a live show. I haven't done that in two years. Yeah. Literally two years. Be a little weird. It is a little weird. It's a little different. Yeah, it is. It's more perfectionist. We have to... Well, because we'll, when the show starts, you don't have time to goof around. No. You start the show, show started. We goof Mike's around wrong, the whole Mike's show. Wrong. Yeah. Here, we... Tony's all off. He never really no. tries very hard. Sometimes... <laughs> Sometimes I forget Will is here. <laughs> we, uh, it is a little different doing the recording. Oh, it is way different. Show. Yeah. We should do a live version sometimes. We should. Just, just to like throw it back to that like style of show. Yeah. 
having to like mix in the music like while we're doing oh it. Oh my gosh! Remember how complicated what a that was. Headache that was. Having this, <laughs> had to have like our videos up and like songs, put in like the CDs ready. Yep. Oh, crazy. The Tony G Show picks of the week music. Yeah. You did it right off uh, the the software that we used. And yeah, yeah. The spin table. Yep. <laughs> the, 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 spin, the turn to turn the spin table. table. <laughs> the table, table spun. Yes. Oh. Oh, good times. We'll, we'll have to do it again. Yeah. I don't want it's, to. It's a whole production. I never want to do that. It's a lot anymore. more stressful. See, but the thing is, these big radio talk show people have everybody do that. That's true. They have people, the individual people do the music. Someone else will do the microphone volume. Someone else will do send it to break or this or that. And the host is the host. The on-air talent just focuses on their content. So if anybody out there wants to, <laughs> to be our... Applications we'll, for the Tony G Show. We, we can over. offer to pay in good times, and that's about it. That's it? Yep. Uh, scratch the pay, though. We don't pay. I said we can pay in good times. Oh, that's the currency. That's the times. currency. Good memories. So if you're here for uh, that and you do good work, let the Tony G Show know. <laughs> Will's on Twitter. I'm on Twitter. We're both on Instagram. Troy got us. Troy show? got us in the intro. It takes a village. In the case with the Tony G shows, it's just a small village right now. So we'll take the whole <laughs> village, but it's just a very small village. <laughs> <laughs> well, what do you say, Will? Sounds good, man. That's... See you Thursday. Hopefully, another good set of picks. Yeah, I'm sure hopes so. I when I advertised it after Thursday show, I said, uh, "Give me your purse. Send your purse." So we'll see. Tony G show. That's concluded. That's Will McCormick. I'm Tony G. We'll see you next Thursday. Don't forget, tomorrow is uh, Luca Kenyon, Tony G. Show interview. So yes, we'll sir. see you then. This has been the Tony G. Show. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to the Tony G. Show. Support the show on social media on Twitter and Instagram. Also, make sure to subscribe and comment on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. 